The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage, a DEI thought leader, a LinkedIn top voice, and I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey there, DC Marshall. I'm Mita Malik, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller, a business leader, a LinkedIn top voice, and most importantly, a mom. And Mita and I started Roundtable Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplaces from my perspective as a Black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. And at our table, we unpack it all. We don't leave any juicy details out of the delicious stories. And guess what? We provide tips at the end, tips that you need not on how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations wherever you are. So, Mita, let's get to it. What are we talking about on today's show? All right, friend, let's talk about this. Not all feedback is good feedback. Not all feedback is good feedback. And some of these episodes, I mean, Dee, what an honor to do this with you. And thank you to the LinkedIn Podcast Network. And we have so many episodes that we do again because the topics are still relevant. The stories are still relevant. So I wouldn't say do them again, but we're still addressing the feedback piece. And so stay tuned, buckle up. Dee and I have some tea to spill. We've got some stories to share. And then we have tips at the end. But not all feedback, my friend, is good feedback. I am sure you would agree with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's always some insights that we can glean from others, but I like where we're going. So do you have a story? Oh, of course I have a story. Always, always have a story. You know, I love a good story. So, you know, back in the day, I would print out my performance reviews and I would keep them in a folder. And I was going through some things at my mother's home and my home. You know, I moved not too long ago trying to organize my life. And I found some of those reviews from over the years. And can I tell you, there's a few things that consistently come up in my reviews that we've talked about, Coach D. One is this need for me to collaborate more. Go and listen to that episode if you haven't, but this whole idea of collaborating more. And one really interesting one that I is actually a hurtful one that I don't think I've ever told you is that Mita's coworkers would really like to get to know her better. People really want to get to know her. People really want to spend time with her socially. And you're like, huh? And it goes back to this whole likability factor. But here's what I'll say, and I want to unpack that feedback. But the thing I want to talk about is the damage, I think, 360 feedback can do and how it's being weaponized when it's not being done with care for leaders listening in. Because, you know, 360 feedback, ooh, it's the hot trend on the marketplace. Let's get everybody's feedback about... D. I don't know if everyone needs to weigh in on D. And I don't even know if any of that feedback, to be honest, is valuable or if it's just coded. It's just a bunch of coded stuff. But the likability thing, oh, people, 
just want to get to know you better. And I'm like, what is this? Is this a sleepover? Is this junior high? We're going to braid each other's hair, have pizza and cuddle and watch a movie. This is work, friends. This is work. <sighs> Dee, I see, I see your wheels turning and I see you catching yourself before you yeah. respond. I'm processing all of this. And so let me just say this. So my initial thought is, well, I have two thoughts. One is this, I think it's a cultural a cultural thing that one demographic in particular likes to like to get to know. And then the other group culturally don't necessarily need to get to know. (laughs) So I think that's a cultural thing. I do. I think there is, there's that. And then I think, let me tell you, number two, that's all you got. That's all you got. That's all you got that I need to like people. So what that means is- <laughs> People need to like me. People need to people, like or people. People want to get to know me or get to know you more. That's all you have for this feedback. Then that means just say, do you see? That's all that part. If that's all of the feedback that they gave, that they provide, then they had to find something. They had to find something. But Andy, here's what I would say. When I was younger, I held on to that feedback. Because when you're early in your career hearing these things, you, you don't know. Now I know. And I'm like, yeah, you had nothing else to say. So you stuck that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut and paste. Nothing else to say. Yeah. But what I will also say, and if I go back, because we talked about this, check out a ton of our episodes. We talked about a lot of these different things. But one in particular where I had the revelation that I've only worked for one person of color. I've only had one woman of color manager in my very long career. So again, all of this feedback has been from all white managers, bosses. And so one of the things that I want to talk about when it comes to 360 feedback, I've seen this happen too often, and it happens to me as a recipient, is that, let's say, I, the leader, go out and get 360 feedback on UD, who's a VP working for me. And what do I do? I actually just, people do this all the time, D. They just cut and paste all the feedback and dump it in the dock and they remove the names. And I'm like, some of this feedback, now that I do 360 feedback for my team, if D's working for me, I'm like, uh-uh, that's not helpful. Feedback, that's hurtful and that's harmful. Delete, delete, delete. I come through and I find the themes. People would like to hear your opinions more in meetings. We'd like to hear you, you know, there are things where I can pull themes together and give them to you in a constructive and kind way, rather than just cutting and pasting what everyone says. What's the value in that? Yeah. Well, I also think, I don't know that everybody knows how to give feedback. Mm. No, that's true. You're right. I think that's part of it. And then I also think for women of color, for Black women in particular, people are sensitive to give feedback. I was at a meeting a couple of days ago and a woman told a horrible story about she gave feedback and then she had this whole banter and it was really a, just a horrible thing that happened as a result of her giving feedback and it turned into a thing. So let's dissect that story. Was this, who was giving the feedback and who was receiving it? How did they identify? So white woman giving feedback probably to women and or other women and or other historically underrepresented groups. And she didn't say specifically, but you could tell because that was the nature of the conversation, but she was. And so she had some pretty ugly experiences providing feedback. And so I think at that time I was thinking, "Mm, 
you know, I'm wondering if it was the way that the feedback was delivered. I'm wondering if the if some people are resistant because some people are not qualified to give give you feedback. So let me just ask you this. How are you a leader and not being trained to give feedback? Then you shouldn't be leading people, full stop. Like it's just unreal, I think at some level, the lack of support leaders are being given in organizations and training. And that's why diverse and engaged for hire, go send them a note, right? They help upskill leaders on this all day long. There's that part. But I also will say, you actually reminded me in what you just said was, if I am scared to give D the feedback, and I'm scared to actually summarize themes, let me just cut and paste what everyone else said, and stick it on the sheet. And you're like, huh? You're just going to cut and paste it all? Because they have to do something and they've got to cover. Okay, so we've already resolved that some, I think companies need to do a better job of equipping managers and leaders. So let's just say that. So we side on the side of the people leader, right? You did an awesome job. Great job. You were promoted. Because we've we've had other conversations around who should be promoted and who should, or or who is the best candidate to lead other people, right? So we've already teased that out. But I thank you and appreciate you for saying companies need to do a better job of helping managers to be able to deliver feedback in a way and not assuming that everybody has it to, you know, has the ability. And then I think people leaders themselves need to invest in themselves about how to deliver feedback. So yeah, but the thought I had that I wasn't going to say is I was thinking about this. But you're going to say now. <laughs> well, I had to process and noodle a little bit on it. You know what? I've just showed up for me, likability, because there has been a a method and model of how people ascend to higher ranks and how people win at work when they're not competent or qualified. If you just like the people, the good old boys network, if we just like you, we just like you. I just need to know. If you can you see D, he's doing a shoulder move. Yes. Bro, bro, I'm a, I'm going to take care of you. So what showed up for me is, you know, again, thinking about the time when women were not in the workplace and historically underrepresented groups were not in the workplace. Again, and I think it goes back to an old boys network and the network, part of the model of the network was just like ability. We're going to spend time together and get to know each other. And that's how we bonded. And that's how we trusted each other. And so because we know each other, I know you, then I'm going to bet on you to go into this job. I'm going to give you the job. You may not necessarily, it may not align with your skill set. It may not necessarily, you may not necessarily be qualified, but you fit the bill, but it was based on the likability. And that's how how the haves were able to ascend and have more. It's because, again, I'm take women out of the workplace. I'm going back to the beginning. Women out of the workplace, historically up underrepresented. And that is the model by which work and business took on the culture of evaluating people based on the likability. I know I said, tell, tell, the, tell the audience that in a better way. My long story of- No, it's true. It's the bias, right? We like people who are like us. It's human nature. And so we are willing to take a bet on them. We see their potential. We overlook their failures. We say, oh, but I can teach them that. I- the LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days. 
all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hi, I'm Tober Korn, LinkedIn's Chief Product Officer. On my podcast, Building One, we dive deep into what it takes to build great products. Recently, we had Zach Perret, the CEO of Plaid, and he shared about his struggles building a financial app for consumers and how he was able to turn it all around with a critical pivot. Take a listen. I personally couldn't resonate as much with the consumer set that we were trying to reach. I just didn't have that level of empathy. When we made the shift to building a B2B product, though, I was building the product that I wanted. My co-founder and I were creating the product that we wanted ourselves, and we had so much empathy for what that product was. Such a great insight. You know, in that sense, we got lucky because we were, we were creating a thing for ourselves. And then the people that we were talking to also had the same problems we did. They were fintech developers. We'd been a fintech developer. Uh, we'd been trying to build a fintech product for a year. And so... We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. I like them, right? Whereas D and Meetup, oh, they're different. They might make me uncomfortable. And so that's the difference we want to tease out for allies. But I want to go back to the feedback on the likability piece because here's the thing. Isn't it a double bind for us friends? Isn't it just a lose-lose, because here's the thing. And I've done this over the years more. First of all, I grew up in a corporate America where I, I shared this on a podcast episode where I worked for a leader once, D, a woman. I worked for this woman for a year. A year after I worked for her, I found out she had children. Never knew in that year that I worked for her that she had children. So imagine how she was raised, right, in corporate America to hide the fact that she had children because it would be weaponized against her. So for me, I try to share about my kids. Halloween pics, birthday, Easter. But then I'm like, oh, now are people like, she's talking too much about the kids. Okay, so you want to get to know me. Let me talk about my writing and my book. Oh, now she's bragging. Now that's too much, right? And so what am I supposed to share about myself that you will not find threatening, annoying, or that you'll label me? in some way with a label I didn't ask for. And so I don't really understand other than being really great at my job and being friendly and firm and driving results, like getting to know me better. Huh. I'm going to go back to this last question on this. Was there other feedback with the getting to know you better or was it just getting to know it was you And then the collaborate, which we've talked about, which People who know me, listen, our show is all about collaboration. People who know me and know me well know that's like a value that I hold true, collaborate and a partner. But here's the thing. The coded piece of it is over the years, I have just gotten better at taking credit for my work and my team's work. And so the code in collaboration is that you're not sharing your wins enough. And I'll share when they're appropriate, but I will tell you, I've gotten fierce, and you know this, with the people who I have the privilege of working with, who are on our team, it is a privilege to be coaching their careers. And I will do everything I can to make sure they get the credit and recognition they deserve and be the person that I didn't have when I was 
growing up in corporate America. And so I think some people get a little offense to that. Oh, why does D get to present that? Well, because D did all the work. We're not collaborating on that. And listen, there are moments to collaborate, but there are moments to be like, hey, this is our team's work. And, you know, again, I think my question becomes, well, how is likability and collaboration or is, is it hurting you in the role? Is that a barrier to you accomplishing the goals? Because then I think that kind of specificity helps both sides. It helps managers to be able to give the feedback. Like, so things that are much more subjective, like likability and collaboration, that might be, unless it's a core competency of the company and the, of the role, then it's like, well, but but does, I, here's what I want to know. I'm going to be Debbie Aldridge. Remember the manager, oh, the, dad, <laughs> the senior vice president, the only woman at Merrill Lynch many, many years ago, she was super sharp and I so admired her. I'm going to be Debbie because Debbie was the boss that she had all of the direct reports, she's C-suite. And so if you come to me, I'm going to say of this performance review, of Mita, but yes, I get what you're saying, likability and collaboration, but how is that hurting or helping her role or is that a core competency? And so unless it's a core competency, then it's much more subjective and you have to be sensitive to what's a need to have and what's a nice to have. So a need to have, right? So it would be, you know what? The feedback would be Mita, your tens across the board and these five core competencies, right? And this is the gap. And this is, now you got me with my CEO hat on at Diverse and Engage, right? These five core competencies, they are clearly, there's behaviors where we can, you know, measure what is the role and what is it that we need you to do versus the others are nice to have, right? But if you're tens across the board on the core competencies, sure, collaboration, but definitely not likability or getting to know. But also back to your collaboration piece, give the specific feedback. Mita, you are the head of marketing and there was a big product restage and Dee is the head of supply chain and you brought her way too late into this entire restage. She's the head of supply chain. She should have had her inputs wait. There's never that specificity, right? And so then you're like, where is this coming from? Collaboration, likability. But what I do want to go back to, because I know you do this all day as I do, you at Diverse Engaged coaching so many clients, is that when you as a manager have asked for 360 feedback and you receive something like likability or collaboration, how about you stop and say, I actually don't understand what that means. I don't know what that means. I'm going to go ask that person for further clarification. Or guess what? I'm just going to delete it. I'm going to delete it and I'm not going to share it because it's not relevant. I'm going to look for specificity in the feedback because that's where it does so much harm. I, I think I told you this story years ago. One of my first experiences getting 360 feedback in corporate America was as follows. The manager puts me in a conference room and hands me a manila fold, like a folder right? And says, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Take a look at the review. And then we can sit down and talk. Literally, literally, it was that is so messy. five pages of a micro of a Word document. The person had cut and pasted all the feedback that people had said about me and removed the names. And some of it was really just not kind feedback. And I was like in tears when the person walked back in. I think I vaguely remember this story. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, but why would you just cut and paste everything? 
Like that's not the point of 360 feedback is not a way for you to shortcut giving me feedback. You either learn to upskill yourself and ask for help on how to give feedback or you delete, delete the things that are just not relevant. Not relevant. As you said, to the core competency or the job. (sighs) The things, the things, the things that go on inside of the Mm. enterprises. So (laughs) I'm telling you, 360 feedback. I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy about how people are misusing the purpose of it. And the fact that it's anonymous, right? It's like, well, you have to identify your... Well, it's not anonymous for the manager. Yes. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. But here's the other thing. So for our allies listening, our WBs, I have friends who listen, some of my good friends, one in particular. This is my WB network. We always talk about our WBs purposefully because we value differences of opinions and where we all are on both sides of the equation. So these are white guy friends. So I speak from my perspective as a Black woman and you, Mita, your perspective from a South Asian view. So we talk to we, our WB. We, so sometimes we're talking to our WB. So to my WB, our WB friends here, have you ever gotten feedback that you need to collaborate more or like a bill? Like, this is a question you always ask. Yes, I love that. Right. Do you think do you think they're getting the feedback like on their performance review? Do you think it's you need to collaborate? Bob, Jim, Dave, I feel like I I have um, a couple of really close WB friends. I'm going to ask one in particular to listen to this episode and I'm going to ask him. He's going to be like, what? Wait, D, what are you talking about? What? He will. He's like, wait, Dee, I see you on Instagram. You're going to a lot of different places. Ask, ask at a conference. It's a good question. Good cocktail hour starter, depending on the group. Yeah. But you, I'm going to tell you, but yes and no. Yes, I can to my smaller WB network. But what yes. happens is. Yes, depending on where you are. Right. If it's the larger, they get too, it's, it's too uncomfortable. I feel like it's like an after hours at the bar at a conference with a small group to have this conversation. Absolutely. I was at a conference last week with all of my WB friends. I mean, we have such a blast. Now, I will say when we get together, it is a mutual love fest because one, we're just, we've just become really good friends and there's a lot of kiki and cutting up. Like my one friend, let's call him T, okay? (laughs) I don't want to blow him up here. Actually, he wanted to be on the podcast. (laughs) Like his whole energy has changed since we, we've we been hanging out and all that business at business conferences. He's like, D, I got to get my, I got to get my reels up. I got to get my video. <laughs> he says that this is all at the conference and it's one of the, the best conferences ever. I won't, I'm not going to throw the conference out there because it'll be too many details, but it is a really rich space. But I guess if we come back to this conversation, I could ask a few, but it would be in a smaller uh, space just because the broader, there are people who have not really done any of this kind of work. And so, you know, I want to end with this conversation before we go into tips, which is the fact that we dedicated an entire episode to this and many episodes. Imagine for the allies listening in, the mental load and emotional load of getting a review that says that. How many calls and texts to D, now we have the privilege of doing this podcast, 
trying to unpack it, trying to ask other people, is this true? Oh my God, do you think this of me? It just, that breaks my heart because I know I'm not alone and having gotten that feedback. And like you said, I'm in a different place in my career. I'm an executive now. I get this feedback. At this point, I know what got me here. I know what's going to get me to the next level. The feedback is, okay, I'll listen to it. But I also know that I, I take it with a grain of salt now. Or I interrogate it in a way that I didn't before. I used to just accept it because I thought, oh, is somebody in corporate America giving it to me? I need to work on this. Now I think about it. And I think with self-awareness, yeah, I actually think this is something I need to work on. Or I'll say, thanks very much, but no. Yeah, yeah. Before we go to tips, the one bit of insight that I'd offer is feedback in a formal setting is appropriate. But I think for at another level, don't offer feedback, don't receive feedback, offer and receive insight. That's a better way, right? It's a better way, it's insight because feedback implies it's some, it's hierarchical in nature. There's a power dynamic. Yes, there's a power dynamic there versus if you provide insight, right? So I ask for some, it depends on the relationship, our advisory boards, our clients, we might ask for feedback, but board and advisors, insight, observations, because that feedback, there's that power dynamic to your point. So I think that might be helpful. I'm sure one person listening, offer insight because it also allows you to own your, how you're receiving. I love this so much because now I'm like, feedback is canceled. It's all about insight. Like where are these, these language, these words that have been created by people who built systems and corporate culture for people who weren't like me, didn't look like me, right? So I think about that. I think about all this language. And so if you go back to what managers are supposed to really do, the number one job of a leader is to create more leaders. Isn't offering insights and coaching such a better framing than feedback? Have some feedback for you. (laughs) Say you're like, oh God, here we go. Okay, Dee, that was a juicy episode. We could have done that for another hour, but here we are at tips. I'm going to hand it over to you, my friend, for one and two. All right. I think number one is offer insights versus feedback. It's just clean and simple. I think it's a better way to deliver. And tip number two, ask for help. If you don't know how, it is okay to ask for help in how to best deliver feedback. Tip number three, Mita. D, number three, it's the title of this episode. Not all feedback is good feedback. If you don't understand the feedback, if you have never heard anyone say this about D, if you are questioning the feedback, Ask for further clarification from the person who gave it. Or how about this? Just delete the feedback. Delete it, delete it, delete it. Does not need to be delivered. Delete. Thank you, everyone. Dee, what an honor and privilege to do this with you. Thank you to the LinkedIn Podcast Network. If you love this conversation, please share it with someone who needs to hear it today. Please review, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Side Effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, 
and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.browntabletalkpodcast.com. Hold up. 